Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I got in at Colossians this morning. I think I'm going to go back there. Go to Colossians 2.11. I just want to give you a recap. And we're going to look as they start, as they start taking the offering. Today, I want you, man, this is all about you today, man. I really want you to pull this in. You know, we started Friday. I'm going to take my time. <clears throat> Friday night, we came in here for Good Friday. And I started looking at this whole plan, this whole, this whole set of what God was, was speaking to mankind. And you really got to start in like John, I think, man, if you could read John 13, John 14. Now, a lot of you might be doing this or not. If you read John 13, John 14, John 15, John 16, all the way through, John 13 is one of the most gripping chapters of the Bible, I feel. It's in John 13, 1, where he turns around and goes this. He goes, listen, guys, I'm getting ready to leave you with the greatest message I've ever had. It's the message of love. Jesus, knowing that the time was getting ready for him to leave the earth. And John 13, 1, I think what Jesus does is he has the most sobering mindset of his life. He goes, I'm getting ready to leave the earth. They didn't know it. And in John 13, 1, he says, he called the disciples unto him. And in this moment in time, he said this to them. He says, I'm getting ready to go. And I don't know about you, but you start thinking like, when you start hearing that kind of terminology, you start thinking about, man, if I was getting ready to leave the earth, who would I bring around and what would I be telling them? Some of you been there, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe a grandfather or something or a loved one. You know what I mean? It was the last minutes. I've had people in the church. I had a guy in this church at one time. He said, my, 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 my grandfather stood alive five days because I couldn't get to him and walked in the hospital and said this words out of my mouth. She said this. She said, this nurse looked at him and said, he's been waiting for you. He kept asking, when are you coming? When are you coming? And the guy had to like get, he had to travel. It was crazy. Walked in the door, spoke to him. And within five hours after the meeting, he went to heaven. And he had to say those words that he, they kept, those words kept him alive. The power to tell somebody something that you know is going to change their future. I think what I do, I'd bring the people I love around me, my kids, I'd tell them what was more, I wouldn't be talking about stupid stuff, I'd be talking about important stuff. Because times, times, there's not that much time left, there's, there's nothing left, I got a minute, there's whatever I got. And, he, and I like this, Jesus talked about love. He said, by this you will know that who you are, and by this they're going to know you're my disciple. It's John 13. He goes on, and he keeps on. But he says this. Before he gets there, he says this. He said it was the Last Supper, and he pulled the people that meant the most to him. He brought them around, and as he's there, he explains to them. Even though it's getting ready to take place, he knows. He says, he says these great messages of loving one another. And then nothing he doesn't speak about it, he, he demonstrates it. They walked in, they were, they were walking to get there, and he takes, he takes off the girdle that he's wearing, he goes and gets a basin of water, and he washes their feet. To tell them the most important sur- subject of this is that you're going to have to serve people if you're going to love them. He takes the job of a servant and washes the feet. And I'm thinking, this is cute, but just a minute ago, Judas just decided he's going to do you in, so obviously you're going to skip him. Because I ain't washing his feet. Because if I know he's got it in for me, trust me, he is good. It ain't gonna be. It's not gonna be an easy foot washing. I might snap his toe a little bit, twist his ankle, give him a little twist, give him a little noogie on the bottom of his foot. Trust me, it would have been a little bit more aggressive than everybody else. But not Jesus, right? He gets there and he what? He washes his feet, and he lets them know by this act of love, all people are gonna know you're my disciple. 
And then right after that, the story begins where now the greatest pressure of life starts coming. He has to go face the cross. He has to go face the pain. He has to go face everything that he has to go face. And the Bible says this, that when he leaves that moment in time, the road begins. He tells Judas, he said, what are you going to do? Do it quick. Let's get, let's get going because I know why I'm here. And I know what I'm here to do. And as much as I don't want to have to maybe walk through this road, I got to go on this road because this road isn't about me. This road's about you. And that's what Easter's all about. Easter had nothing really to do with Jesus and everything to do with you. Easter didn't have nothing to do with Jesus and what God wanted to do. It had everything to do with me and you. Because he didn't have to go down that road if it wasn't for me and you. So as we start seeing this procession kind of go down the way, what do we see? We understand he went to a place where he took the punishment of punishment. He took crown of thorns upon his head. So that we don't have to be mentally, everything means something. The crown of thorns on his head that were beaten to his head wasn't just about him taking a physical beating. It was about you being free in your mental arena for the rest of your life. He didn't just take a crown of thorns in his head so we could live bound up for the rest of our life and shot out in our mind. He took that crown upon his head and those thorns in piercing into his brain so we don't have to live in the pain of our mind. We don't have to live in the setback. We don't have to live in the oppression, in the depression that we face maybe on a death. That's why he took that crown on his head. He took that beating on his body. So that we could be free from the sick. We could be free from the disease. We could be free from the things of life. He took it all symbolically upon him. And then he gets to the cross and he defeats the last thing to be defeated, death in itself. Because all men are scared of dying. The Bible's clear to say that everybody's scared of dying. You know, I sat with a guy one time, he's a big old tough guy. You know, I don't want to tell you, he was a tough dude. Um, and, and, and he was like, you know, he was like, uh, he was part of a motorcycle thing, and he's a big high up guy, you know. And he was like, I ain't afraid of nothing. I said, you're afraid of dying. He said, how do you talk to me? He goes, you know who I am? I said, I don't know all the details of who you are, because I probably wouldn't be talking to you like this, but I know enough to tell you this, you're scared to die. He goes, I don't want to talk to you. He didn't want to talk to me. You were with me. I went down to the end. I went down to the end of the seat there, and I sat down. I said, I got to talk to you. He said, I don't want to talk to you. I said, well, you're going to talk to me today. Who do you think you are? It's like, I'm a guy on a mission today. I said, you're scared of dying, and so is everybody else in the face of the earth. Until you got Jesus, everybody is. It's the last fear to be overcome is death. And if you don't know where you're going, you're scared of it. Care how big, bad you are, you're scared of dying. Everybody is. It's biblical. Until you got Jesus. And that's why Jesus went to that cross, so we don't have to be afraid. We just know we just leave the earth. See, eternity is not an option. Nobody died. They just left one dimension and went to another one. Eternity is not an option. Eternity is a choice in the earth where you're going to be. But eternity, everybody lived. Nobody died. You either went to heaven or hell. You choose in the earth whether you're going to heaven. Come on, guys, you know this stuff. And if you don't know this stuff, it's good. But here's the thing, we're learning, right? And Jesus goes to the cross, and he gives his life up. No, he didn't take his life, he gave his life up. He gave his life up willfully. Suffered on a cross like a thief for crimes he never committed. So he could pay the price for the crimes we did commit. Born into sin, but we needed a savior. So much. Last year, I was thinking about it. He was so much a man, but yet he was God. 
Come on, somebody, right? I started thinking about that. He was so much a man that he weeped, but he was so much God, he dried up everybody's tears. He was so much a man, he felt the pain, but he was so much God, he claimed to save us from all the pain we're going to face. He was so much a man that when Lazarus sat in that tomb, he wept and felt the pain of the people around him, but he was so much God. He was the resurrection power of Christ that said, rise up and come out. So much a man. That he acted like humanity, but all the while he was deity. So much a man. But yet God, understanding what you were going to go through, knowing this stuff. No, he didn't go up there. He said, if I want to get out of here, I'd get out of here. I'd tell my daddy, send angels. He'll send angels from heaven and I'd leave. But I'm not leaving here and I'm not staying here for me. I'm staying here for you. And that's what he did. And this, when I read it to you today, you better pull it in and take it, accept it, and you better stop believing. I'm going to tell you right here now, you are not qualified. You take notes, write this down. You are not qualified to believe what you want to believe about you. Write that, you better write it down. I'm going to give you notes even on Easter. Listen, right now, you are not qualified. I want to check in your head before I allow you to think about you what you want to think about you. You got so many voices in your head, you don't even know who you are. And they all sound like me. That's the scary part. The devil sounds like me. I sound like me. My wife sounds like me. Come on. Jesus sounds like me, don't it? All sounds like me. Will the real me show up? Look at this scripture we've got here in Colossians, and I want you to see this, because you've got to understand something. All this was was about, the cross was about taking sin and annihilating it once and for all. That means sin can never separate me, and my performance has nothing to do with it. You got to get this thing. Look right here. Now, pull this in. Through our union with him. Let me, let me, let's flip one. Let's go here. Go to Galatians chapter 3, 13. Stay in that same translation. Then we're going to come back, because you got to see this. Because this cross was about him absorbing your sin. You got to see this now. The minute you pull this in, and I think if we go start with like, let's just go start with verse. You're going to see this now. Go to Galatians 3.13. You're going to find this. And man, I'm telling you what, because I think you need this. I, I don't really want to be cute today. I want you to get this thing. So you know what I'm saying? If you pull this in, today your life will never be the same because the way you're seeing yourself is not the way you need to see yourself. And I think the most important thing that we could do today is get this. Go to Galatians 3.13. Let's look at this. And then I want you to see this. Now, read this now. Now, when I'm reading this, it's, it's going to make sense. Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. Now, let me explain to you. The curse of the law was when Adam sinned, sin came on everybody. The curse came on everybody. Does that make sense? Why did Jesus go to the cross? To take the curse. What's we'll say? He paid the full price, full price. He didn't just pay half price, some of the price. He paid all the price. What you did, what you're going to do, he paid the attorney. See, because here's the problem with Christians. You think your new smell Christianity rubbed off just because you're an old model. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm a new creature of Christ. Remember that? I'm a new creature of Christ. Never been one like me before. I was new, but you know, when I got saved, you know how many screw-ups I had from the, come on somebody, you know how many screw-ups I had since I got saved to where I'm at now? You know, you know, I was, like, I got saved in 94. You know how many mistakes I made from 94 to today? 
Come on, somebody. You know, I, I'm talking to you. You know how good I did? I backslid. How many backslid, rededicated about 30, 40 times by now? Come on, somebody. How many live in the rededication? God knows if you were a Baptist, my God in heaven, you'd be in trouble. How, that was funny. Somebody should have said amen. Come on. Right? Mm, uh, right? Come on, somebody. Ha. No, come on, right? No, look. I rededicate. I rededicate. How many rededicate every Sunday? Let me see the show of hands. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, right? You know what I'm saying? I've been through some stuff, but I mean, you know, see, this is what God said he said no he said listen you don't get it uh, one day I was figuring it out and I go God you know that new car smell kind of rubs off after a while I said that new smell Christianity kind of rubbed off he said you're not getting it he said I did not wash you once I perpetually wash you you never leave the washing process that's why you never leave the new creation process that's what I was trying to tell you Friday when y'all looking at me like what is he doing let me help you with Friday see when Jesus came and said hey check it out I'm dead see now he's dead now when we go to Luke you're gonna say I'm dead but I rose from the dead when he raises from the dead he meets them at the sepulcher now here's my question he shows up at the sepulcher. We're going to read it in a little bit, so act sharp when I get there. You know, laugh like, hey, it's good, because I'm giving it to you early. He gets to the sepulcher. You know what he said? Yeah, he's looking for him. Let me ask you a question, bro. Why are you looking for a guy that told you I ain't going to die? What's the big shocker? You ain't been paying attention to him all the while he's been talking. He told you, break this body down into this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. No, no big shocker. You know what the shocker was? If you would have been in the tomb. If you were paying attention, you shouldn't be looking for him in places he don't reside. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Weren't you paying attention when he said, I'm the resurrection and the life? Weren't you paying attention when he said, break this body down in three days, I'll raise it up? Weren't they paying attention when they were walking with him and he was saying, I am the lamb of God that was slain before the foundation? Weren't they paying attention when he said who he was? So obviously what I'm getting into this is that, is that a lot of times God's talking, but nobody's paying attention. Nobody's paying attention because if we we're paying attention to what he's saying, we become what it is he said we can become. And he gets there, and he shows before the sepulchre, goes and he finds Mary. It's funny how he found Mary. Mary's the one he told. She said, they were there at the sepulchre. They were weeping and crying in there. He didn't, well, what did he tell Mary and Martha when he found them? When Lazarus was dead, he said, I'm the resurrection in life. If anybody should have figured it out, it should have been her. But he says, don't touch me, because I ain't done. He wasn't being rude. He wasn't being obnoxious. He knew he had to take that blood to the altar of God. To be the perpetual sacrifice for me and you, for sin. For once and for all, sin has been done away with. That's the mercy seat of heaven. That's your Hebrews mercy seat where you could come running in the time of grace. In the time of need, you could go to the throne of grace. All time. And that blood's laying on that altar right now in heaven. Right now, heaven's rejoicing right now. Heaven right now screaming. He's talking about it. He's talking about it on that 920 Bevel Road. He's talking about it. Angels are freaking out. Because remember I told you, what is man that thou art mindful of him that you made him a little lower than God? See, so all of a sudden, here's me and you in performance action in the earth. We're missing the mark, and we're not doing this, and we know what we're supposed to do, and we're not doing it. This ain't no license to sin. This is the license to serve. Wake up. When you see how good God is, you don't want to sin no more. You see how good God loves you, you don't want to sin. You don't just sin to be like, oh, sin. I, I'm like, hey, man, I don't want to sin. You want to know why I don't want to sin? Cost me too much of the blessed life I got. Come on, somebody. 
How many know we're going to leave here today empowered to be the best we could possibly be? You are. Listen, this ain't no hype. You're going to stay with me. I'm going to train you to get it. I'm changing the name of the church anyway. I'm going to call it Champion Training Center. We're gathering. We're a gathering of champions. I'm changing the whole thing. I'm not calling Relevant's great, but I'm training champions. Ain't no chumps allowed. I'm going to put things on the law. Go down the street if you're a chump. Hallelujah. Amen. That, is that marketing 101? Coach, is that okay? Champion Training Center, no chumps allowed? Can we do it? He said do it. He's a winner. Come on, praise be to God. I just want to hang out with winners, man. And if you ain't a winner, hang out with us. We'll teach you how to win. Come on. You didn't come here to be defeated. You didn't go, he didn't go on that cross so you could be defeated. He came to give you everlasting life. And this is what happened. That's why I was like, don't touch me. I'm not done. And he brings this blood that Hebrew said, not blood of bulls and goats, because then we got a remembrance of sin. You better see this. If you got blood of bulls and goats as sacrifice, which was done before, I'm not being deep. What I'm saying is this. How did he even keep us till this Christ showed up? He said I had to do it any other way. There had to be a shedding of blood for the remission of sin. So he goes, what? He goes, blood of bulls and goats. But guess what blood and bulls and goats couldn't do? They couldn't wipe away the conscience of sin. They just covered it, man. You better hear me today. I don't know if I can keep my word on that disclaimer about not getting excited. He said, what did he say? He said, it, it's good, but it doesn't take away the conscience. Of, what good is having a God that lets me remember every failure I got and I can't get away from it? What good is having a God that won't take away the conscience? Of, what good, oh, yeah, you're forgiven from me. you got to be tormented the rest of your life. you got to live in regret the rest of your life. No, not my God. He said, wait a minute, I ain't done. I'm going to fix what Adam messed up. I'm going to turn around what Adam couldn't do. And he gets to the place where he takes that precious blood and he lays it on the altar of God and and that altar of God now is that throne of grace. Throne of grace to empower us to live a life we couldn't live. To have a dream we couldn't fulfill, but we got on the inside and we can now. Oh, come on, somebody. And that blood is still speaking and that blood is crying out, mercy. And you got to get this. Mercy, forgiveness, righteous, redeemed, set free. And every time me and you don't look like we're hitting the mark, that blood is screaming out on when the accuser of the brethren shows up. That blood is screaming out. He's forgiven. He's righteous. He's holy. He's, un man, where you going to unblame? This is the Bible. Man, I know the Bible. He's unblameable, unreprovable in my sight. Amen. Who? You. Unapproachable. You means you can't bring reproach against them. Unblameable. Unreprovable. God said you can't reprove them. You can't blame them, and you can't put nothing on them because I took it off them. I put it on me. That's why your daddy's the only one that can correct you, and he don't do it with a rod. Anybody, let me explain it. Anybody's ever been really corrected in life? You remember that? They don't, let me tell you something right now. People that have been corrected do not correct you hard. They remember the pain of it. So they do it softly. You know what I'm talking about? Because when you've been corrected, you know what it felt like. And I don't want to cause that. So I'm going to do it the best I can. So that's why your daddy does it in his still small voice. Leading you and guiding you. That blood is screaming out mercy. And that's what I got. The Lord said to me, he said, son, I got news for you. When you're walking, I'm washing. I said, what you say? He said, when you're walking, I'm washing. When you're walking, I'm washing. I'm washing. 
I'm washing. What do you mean? That blood don't stop washing you. You didn't just get saved and come in and be a new creature and that blood stopped working on your effect. He said, when you're walking right now, I'm washing you and I'm forgiving you. And it's perpetual forgiveness. Perpetual, perpetual. Every day, you don't come out of that new life Christianity. You stay in it. Because every single time that the accuser tries to rise up and say, look how they're doing right now. That blood on that mercy seat of heaven starts screaming. Oh, they're holy. Who holy? What is man that you are thinking about him, that you are so mindful of him that you made him just a little lower than God? What's he saying? He's saying, look, he said, I made you in the same class of citizen as I am, a heavenly, godly entity, all you people. And what he's saying? Forgiven, washed, redeemed, set free. So why, who is telling you this stuff? And who's trying to hold you back from the life that God gave you? Look what this scripture says right here. Look at this, Galatians 3.13. This is why he did this. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from that whole mindset. Who paid the price? How are you going to pay a price for a price he already paid? Come on, man. Stop this. Because brainwashed religion tells you, you you did it. So since you did it, you're accountable for it. And I got news for you. We expect you to grow, and we're not giving you no thing. But here's the deal. Guess what? I got news for you. This ain't no light gospel, but guess what? Go find it. Where is it? I told you, I've never seen this before like this. Somebody's hand, when Pontius Pilate said, I don't want nothing to do with this, I wash my hands. He knew somebody had to sign the death warrant for Jesus. He wouldn't do it. Somebody did. And Jesus said, with a hand of a man that signed my death sentence in the earth and put this on me, I'm going to take my hand and put all your sins upon me and change your life forever. I told them in the morning service, I don't share this a lot, but I think it'll help somebody. I was going through, you know, I went to Bible school. Uh, it was good. I went through this season, man. I was like, you know, it was rough, man. Sometimes, you know, you, you're fighting because the devil knows where you're going, but you don't in the middle of it. You know, the devil knows, like, man, you're going to go do things, but you're by yourself. You don't believe in believing yourself. Man, I was sitting in the balcony, never forget as long as I have, and I was going through, you know. Bear, I'm going through, man. I was like, dude, I'm not doing nothing wrong. I'm trying to hang in there. I don't know what's going on. I'll never forget. Derek, I went up in the balcony. I went up in the balcony. I got in the balcony. I got quiet. And I felt like ashamed. I, didn't do, I wasn't doing nothing to produce this. You know what I mean? But I was just like, I should be here by now. You know, I get these expectations. I should be there by now. I should have done this by now. I was felt like guilty. And, and I wasn't doing nothing wrong. But I just had this weird feeling. You know, and I was in the balcony. I never forget as long as I live. Man, I was kind of going through and it was pressing on me a little bit. And I was like, man, I never forget it. And I just said, God, I got to hear from you. And I went up in this balcony and I just sat there. And all of a sudden, man, I could feel the power of God come on me. I felt the power of God like, make, 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 you know, you just kind of feel it, you know. You just feel God's presence. And I was like, man, I was like, man, I'm a, I, feel, I feel like I'm failing or something. I don't know, God, I'm not doing something right. And I never forget as long as I live. And, and I, I felt the the sin, and the Lord, I said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, when I see your sin, when I see your shame, when I see your regret, when I see your pain, when I see your failure, when I see your stuff, when I go to cover my eyes, this was God. You can't make this up. When I see your sin, when I see your shame, when I see all that stuff, he said, when I go to cover my eyes, he goes, I see you through the holes in my hands, and there is no blame. I said, what did you say? He said, when I go to see your sin, 
when I go to see your shame, when I go to see all the stuff that you, you were carrying, he goes, when I go to close my eyes, God, when I go to close my eyes, when I go to put my hands over my eyes to cover them from the things you consider to be the separator from me and you, I see you through holes in my hands, not yours. Don't you ever think you're too far away from me. I went to a cross, so you never got to be away from me a moment of your life. And I don't care how bad you run from me. David said, I went into hell, you were there. I was in heaven, you were there. I was on one side of the earth, you were there. Everywhere I've been, I can't get away from your presence. That's why God went to that cross, so he never has to be separated from you again. It ain't nothing going to separate you from him. And that makes you want to get even more excited, because why does God want to be with me even when I don't look great? Because God loves you based upon who you are, not your performance of what you're doing. Come on. That's what you need to leave here with. God and never, look, I don't care. You ever come to church another day in your life, some of you, you could cry out to God in the midnight hour. You could cry out to God in any minute, like, God, I need you. You could talk real. He's okay with it. You could say, God, I need you. And if you ain't going to have all the fancy prayer life and all that stuff, we can help you there. But right now, if you need, if you get to those places, I got to ask, you just ask him, he'll find you. Amen. Look at what these scriptures say. I got to read these two scriptures. I got to let you go. Look at this. Come on. Pop that up there. It said this. He said, yet Christ paid the price, set us free from the curse he absorbed it <laughs> he took the curse and absorbed it into his body now nah, you ain't hear me you some of you just you reading something you ain't hearing something christ paid the full price set us free from the curse of law what did he do with the curse of law he absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place he said, oh, what, what, he did this. He said, what debt do you owe? They owe the, they owe the penalty of the curse. He said, okay, what's it going to take to get them out? Ransomed. You remember those words? Ransomed. Redeemed. Who going to pay the price? He said, oh, what do I got to do to get them out? Somebody got to take the curse. He said, put it on me. I'll just, I'll absorb it. I'll inhale it. I'll become it. Put it on me. I'll pull it in me. Put it on me. I'll become it. What did you do that for? So you don't have to pay the penalty for it. Amen. Look at this. He said this. Whoever hangs up is written. Whoever hangs up is double cursed. 14. Go. And then we're going to go to Colossians. Check this out. Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place. And in so doing, he dissolved the curse from our lives. Yes. Every time you sit there and think less than of yourself, you say, well, God, what Jesus did isn't enough. God, what Jesus did wasn't enough. Because he, he, you telling me he only took a part of it? You telling me only, he, the conscious of it. Listen, man, you start thinking like this, I don't even want to go near it because I'm not part of it. Look at this. Dissolve the curse for our lives so that all the blessings. That's what he got for your life. The blessing of Abraham can be poured upon us, even the Gentile. What's that mean? The blessing of Gentile, the blessing of the Gentile was the Abrahamic blessing that was Deuteronomy 28. Fancy terminology for blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed everything else, eating like, guarding like, back to the beginning, where you should have been, where you should have never left, in the garden with God, with the blessing of us. Say it, speak it to me. <laughs> God, dominion, favor. God said, oh, I went back up there just to put you back in the garden. Hallelujah. The blessed life. Now look at this Colossians 2. Go to Colossians 2. You got to read this. I'm blowing the whole notes. Who cares? 
Okay? Because this is about you leaving here, knowing who you are. And every time those things in your head say, well, that's not who you are, you are. Because you don't know enough about you. That's why you got to go to church. That's why I got to brainwash you to this stuff. So God's on the street. So you always brainwash. See, I told you that church thing's about brainwashing. It is. Because I can't let you think the way you want to think about you. You're not safe. Because you'll think all this nonsense about you that's not true. You're not who you think you are. You're not. You're not. You're what that Bible says you are. And I got news to you about Jesus. Remember I told you that story about, remember I told you that, well, there's a story in the Bible real quick. Let me just do this because you'll see it. John, do you need to hear this stuff? You don't need no fancy sermon. I care about no fancy sermon, points and all that stuff. I blew that thing three hours ago. Come on. Look, this is what you need to leave here with, empowerment. So check this out. So you're saying, yeah, I know, Pastor Chris, but you don't know. I'm kind of knee deep in nonsense. Stop. You ready for this? This ain't no license to sin. You get a revelation in this. This is how I'm standing here today because I got a revelation. I said, this God's too good. You, okay. You know, who, you know why people sin? They don't understand the value of what they received. You, you, I'm going to exchange this for that? You're nuts. You ain't seen it yet. You're going to exchange him for some relationship that's going to take you nowhere? I'd rather be lonely. You're going to exchange him for some greedy game? And you got to give him up in the boardroom to get it? You can forget it. I'm going with Jesus. The gain will come later, and I won't have to have no toil with it. See, I've been there. I've been there with the best, man. Sat there with dudes, got money, make your head spin. If I got to give that up, I got to give him up to get that, bump that. I'd rather stay with him and give that up. That's, how in the world are you going to make a decision like that? Easy. Because you got to know value. You don't just go, oh, I'm going to give this. You ain't giving him up. You're not going to exchange it, man. The math don't work right. So the only thing you got to do is get a, see, the goodness of God leads a man to repentance. Amen. See, once you see how good he is, you don't exchange it. See it? See, I just got to see how good he is. Once I see how good he is, that ain't a fair trade. You ever trade something? I'll trade you this for that. Remember when you were a kid? You got a baseball card or something, you know? I got one. Yeah, I got, I got like, you know what I mean? I got over here, I got a Barry Bonds rookie. Yeah. Yeah, you got a Cal Ripken, right? So, no, that car's worth like three grand. Somebody give you like, here, I got some bumpily bump head. He ain't never played in the league. You want to trade? No, I ain't trading that. How many have been to car shopping? You know, like, I'll give you my car for your car. What you got? I got a clunker and a junker. You know what I'm saying? You got like, so, no, you ain't going to trade for that. That's the problem in life. Understand the value of what you received in Christ. You ain't going to trade it out in that world for cheap exchange. You ain't going to get it. Man. Know who I am? I'm royalty. Know who I am? I'm an heir. I'm an heir to a king. What you mean? Let me tell you something, ladies. You start walking around like you an heir to a king, you ain't going to get no skunk showing up at your doorstep. Mm. Come on, right? You show up like an heir to the king. Come on. You're going to expect the quality of life. Come on. I'm an heir to a king. You know? Come on, man. You got too slow Joe and nap time Nikki over there. You got to get going, man. You got to get this thing rolling in your head how you see yourself. How, you know who I am? Look, I'm not saying elevate. Well, you're elevating yourself. I'm just elevating you to the place God puts you. Elevate yourself to the place God puts you. Now, watch this before we get there. So let me show you. I know some of you think, praise be to God. I got to do this because I feel this in the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist literally tells us Jesus is the Christ, right? You've been here with me. He gets thrown in prison, right? He's, he's freaking out. He's the one who's seen the dove. Remember out of the River Jordan? Some of you know these Bible stories. Jesus come about, my son and well pleased. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Trust me. Dove comes down. You're the Messiah, yay. 
That was John. Jail, John gets thrown in jail. You know what he says? Go ask Jesus if he's really Christ. Amen, bro. Are you kidding me, bro? I would have punched him in the mouth. Sorry. I've been following you. You're the dude telling me he's God. Now you don't know he's God? Bro, you need to stop doing drugs or something, dude. How, how woman that he's God? You don't want at the lake? I would have told him. I would have called him out. That's the New Jersey man. I would have called him out and said, bro, you're the dude at the lake that told me he's Christ. Now you don't know? I'm going to slap you. How you not know he's God? Freaking out. Go ask him if he's Christ. Can you imagine the two clowns that had to go do that? This is great. Why we got to go? <laughs> Why I got to go ask stupid questions? Uh, can you imagine go see Jesus? Jesus. Yeah, I know. This is really bad. Uh, John's are really having a bad day. It's not looking good for him, man. He's messed up. He's got a lot of pressure. He's in prison. He's got a lot of pressure. He doesn't know what to do. John's really messed up. So, but he's got a question we got to ask. If we don't ask and go back, we're going to get in trouble. We're probably going to get in trouble right now, but I just got to do it. Uh, he wants to know if you're God. <laughs> I think you're God. He thinks you're God, but John's having trouble with this whole God thing. Even though he's the one who said you were God. I know. It's really looking not great. He's having a moment. What do we tell him? He said, you go back and tell him what did you see and what did you hear? So he sends these guys, okay, write that down because I'm really messed up right now. See and hear, we got to go back. Okay, we got it. But you don't realize there was a group of people in there. And John looks really bad because John's performance is miserable. And he's really doubting at a place where he looks like a mess. And Jesus turns around before the multitude of people at his week. This is John's weakest moment. It's his weakest moment in his life. Can you imagine the question? Because pressure, is he Christ? And Jesus turns around and looks at the multitude of people and says this. What did you come to see? A reed shaking in the wind? Or did you come to see a prophet of God? Now, wait a minute, man. I'm smart enough to know that's the Bible. You know who that scripture was written about? John. He said, no, you never come. You didn't come to see a reed shaking in the wind. You come to see a prophet of God. And there's not another greater prophet in the earth this day than John. He has no opinion about John's performance he just said what the Bible said about John. Every time you don't look perfect, God just says what the Bible says about you. you <laughs> I'm not lying. You get that? Every time I look like a dud, God just starts speaking the word up in heaven about me. It's been written. What's been written about him? See, you're ready. Come on, man. You're going to make decisions, and you're going to face some consequences. That's coming. But I got news for you. God never changes opinion. Prove it. Okay. Peter shows up on the seashore in this whole story. He betrayed Christ. He cussed him out at the fire pit. He said, I don't even know who he is. He walked away from God. That's the second half of John. You want to read it? He's standing on the seashore. He went back to what he knew to do. He goes fishing because his life is over. His ministry's kaput. Everything he did is done. He went back to do what he knew to do. I guess I'll go back to fishing. And he's toiling there. And you know what the Lord said? He said, how'd you do? He said, we ain't done too hot. He said, throw it over. Again, another throw it over, right? And John knew enough. He said, no, man. And let me tell you something about John. John sold him out too. I never understood it. He said he was betrayed by everybody. I said, John, the beloved, never betrayed him. 
But John the Beloved never said anything in his defense either. So when he stood before the high priest chamber, John's silence was just as bad as Peter's denial. Because some, some seasons of life, you should be saying something for me, not staying silent. Everybody failed. But John knew. He said, that's Christ. He dies in the water, goes to the seashore, and says, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Then feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know me. You know the story. Yes, Lord, you know me. Then feed my sheep. Yes, Lord, you know me. Then love me. Why? Because the proof of love is found in the willingness to obey. But I got news for you. Did he tell Peter, because you stunk at this, you lose your position? He said, go build my church. Peter, do you love me? Go build my church. Peter, do you love me? Go build my church. Because what I called you to be is not going to be taken away from you just because your performance doesn't look too good. What I called you to be is what you're going to do because that's what you've been destined from the womb to do. So guess what? You might have had a setback, but I'm working on your comeback. Come on. You might have took a step back, but I'm working on your comeback. You might have looked like you fell down. I'm going to get you up give you another round. Come on. I'm going to get you to the finish line. Look at this scripture right here, and then we're going to go. Look at Colossians chapter 2. You got to get this. Look at this Colossians chapter 2. Through our union with him, we experience the circumcision in the heart. You know what that means? You know what that means? Circumcision in the heart? That means he cut away your flesh. Circumcision is a cutting away the flesh. He said, when you got with God, he cut away a part of your flesh. Look at this. You can play. And what? Experience all of the guilt through our union with him we have experienced circumcision in the heart. Now get this. Read the Bible. All of our guilt and power of sin has what? Been cut away. That's what that cross did. Now just like it cut it away. The minute he went on that cross, he cut it away. When them nails went through his hands, he cut it away. That's resurrected. Why is Easter so much? He cut it away once and for all. And is, my God of heaven, and is now extinct because of what your performance looks like. Nah, nah, nah. Now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. Take your place. He did it for you. Don't give me this stuff. Say, preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. I know more than I'm talking about. I'm telling you. Take your place. Once you take your place, you'll elevate your game. See, the problem with people is they don't know who they are, so they walk around acting like who they think they are. Once I show you who you are, you can't stay normal. You expect a better level of life because it's been given to you. It's not stuff. You think different. Come on, look at this. Because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. He said he cut away. I cut sin away. Why? Because he knew. Because you know why he got rid of sin? You really know the whole really reason why? Because it's what separated you from him in the beginning with Adam. And he said, I'm never going to be separated from them again. So I'm going to go take the separating fire. Remember that widow, it says the terminology makes sense. The middle wall of partition has been what? Annihilated once for all. We know the veil was rent. What was that all about? He's saying, you're never going to be separated from me again. I ain't going to allow it. So I'm going to send my only begotten to make sure that you were never separated me from again. So you now, you know who the separator is now? You. Because he's waiting for you. And then you know what the church told you? Well, if you don't live right, God's going to come with the big hammer from the sky. Baloney. You can walk in there and don't say sin separates you from God. Sin does not separate you from God. Can't separate you from God. Nothing can separate you from God. And then everybody tried to make you feel like, ooh, you know, in a church, they didn't know how to, they didn't know how to teach you. And they didn't show you promises. So they tried to fear control you. 
If you do this, you do that. You do this, God do this, God do that. Now, bump all that. You want to grow? Get a promise. See, the goodness of the promises of God are what produce spiritual growth, not fear. But you want to know why you got a bunch of carnal people out there in the church too? They ain't got no promises. See, those promises tell me what I could say. See, once you quit on your promises, you quit on your spiritual growth. But once I get you promised, see, that's why when I show you how good you can have it, that's why people don't like it sometimes. Because I'm going to champion you to the top. You got to be able to swing in this place. You got to. Because I'm not going to let you grow. Go, oh, tell them what they want to hear. I'm going to see God. I ain't going to tell you what I want to hear, what you want to hear. I'm gonna tell, when I see God, I'm going to say, look, I gave him what you gave me, and I left it. See what I'm saying? This ain't about me. Read these scriptures. You got to pull these home. Pull them in, and we're done. Come on. You got to see this. You doing good today? Yeah. I think you're doing great. I'm going to get you all saved, too. You need to, you, if you're not, listen, if you ain't living for God, you need to come to God today. You can't fix your life without God. People don't make no sense. I'm going to get right, then I'm going to go to church. Oh, my God. What are you, crazy? How are you going to get right without God? You know what I mean? Get God and then we'll get you right. Now make a commitment to come to church. We can help you grow. And you need to go to church like this anyway because you know you guys. I told them in the morning service I got pastor drip so you can hang out with me. I'm cool. But I've been cut away and it's now extinct. Come on, I got to play with the kids. Otherwise, they're like, I don't want to go there. The guy's boring. Been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. Watch this. Watch this. We've been buried with him into his death. That's that cross. Our baptism into his death also means we were raised with him in what? Resurrection, life. In him, when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm. It gets better. Keep going. This realm of death describes our former state. We were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected. Out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. What? Forever. Forever. Now, I'm going to read one more. Come on, we'll give you a little bit more. Come on, you got three minutes. Come on, go. Give me one more. Come on. See, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know when you're coming back, some of you, so I might as well get in as fast as I can. He can't. That was funny. You know what I mean? How many promise to come back next week? Raise your hand. You know somebody's lying in here. You better stop lying in the church. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. Next week, I'm gonna, I can't promise I might stand on something. All right. He, what is, there's somebody's like asking their name. Does he stand on the furniture around here? You know, my mother used to tell me when I was a kid, you know, you got company coming over. Act right. You remember that when you were a kid? You know, ain't, they didn't care if family came over. You can act ugly when family comes over. But when you got company coming over, you know, she's telling me, act, you act, act right. I don't know what act right means, but yeah, I guess I probably never passed that test, did I? So I'm not, so today, this is, this is about as right as I get. So if you don't want, if, you, if I'm freaking you out today, don't come back next week. <laughs> no, please. This is really hard for me. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And look at this. He what? He took that paperwork and put it on that cross. He canceled out every legal violation. Somebody in this church is saying right now, my God in heaven, I wish he could have sponged my record right now. <laughs> How many need a little bit of that right now? Give me a little bit of a spongination. <laughs> I make up words too, by the way. Just, just go with them. Just say, just add, uh, expungiate, expungiate, expungination, whatever. That means, man, you get a clean record. Let's do it. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. 
That sounds like that sounds like that sounds like uh, that sounds like very very much so legal legal terminology. Can't indict me. Cannot. You know why he can't indict you? Because he got indicted with it. You cannot. Yo, you know what the double jeopardy is? You can't charge me with something somebody else been charged with on my account. You can't pull that paper. The devil trying to trying to do that to you. Don't let him do it. Say, nah, Jesus already paid that. <laughs> Jesus took that on the cross. I ain't got to take it in the earth. Woohoo! He erased it all. Our sins and our stained soil or soul, he deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. Every, they cannot be what? Retrieved. Everything we once were. Oh, my God. In Adam. Now, you got to get that. See, Adam was a human race, and we were all born in Adam from the beginning. He said, look, he said, all that, he t- man, I'm going to say something. Jesus took Adam to the cross in the form of humanity. That's from my seasoned saints. Did you hear what I just said? Now, that's, new people just, just nod your head and say amen. Remember I told you when we started? You ain't going to understand some of this. Just go amen. You'll get it on the car ride home or someone to explain it. He took Adam to the cross. That's why he came in the seat of a man. He had to keep it trapped in something. So he trapped it within himself, humanity. Took humanity to the cross because humanity was Adam. Then he gave a new way called Jesus. That's why you got to get born again into a new life in Christ. Because you can't stay in Adam because Adam's doomed to death. And Adam's doomed to hell. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? That symbolic place. So say it. That's deep, but you understand what I'm saying. So he's saying, just stay in Christ. And placed and has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently as a public display of cancellation. Canceled it all. Today, that cross is a cancellation notice to everyone that you don't have to pay for your sins because somebody else paid for them. Today, I'm going to leave you with this. Come on. Stand up on your feet. Just come on. You did great today. I want to leave you. I just want to give you this thought, and then we're going to help you. And if you need to get right with God, now's the day to do it. But I, I, want, I want you to close your eyes. And then if you give me just one minute, this is all I need. I really want you to do this. I don't want you to think nothing about yourself in this one second right here. Please. And then we're going to get I'm telling you. This is the truth, what I told you today. This is the gospel. That's the truth of it. I want something to click on the inside. If you could just say, you know what? I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there, Serena, my thought. I'm going to believe what I heard today. I want you to leave this room knowing one thing. Nothing can stop you and God from stepping into your next season of relationship. Nothing but you. Just call upon his name. You ain't got to be cute about it. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to know the terminology. Just know the place that I need him. It's the humbleness. God says he resists the prideful. I got it. I can do it. Watch me do it. No, God resists that mess. When you call upon him, he'll give you time to say, I can come, come on, God help me. You ain't got to be all this prayer. Just stay right there. God help me. Today I want you to know. I want you to just say this together. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, today I heard a word about who you say I am. Teach me to believe it and let me walk in it all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, Pastor Liz, you're going to help some of you today. Just keep your heads bowed. Just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a minute. Why? Because it makes it easier. Because maybe you're in here today and maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Yes. You've heard, as Pastor Chris shared so beautifully today, about Jesus' sacrifice, the sacrifice that he made so that you could have life and life more abundantly. Mm. And maybe you've never asked him to come into your life. Maybe you've never asked him to come into your heart. Or I always want to stop and say maybe you have. 
But maybe you haven't been living like he's the Lord of your life. And you want to say today that today is my day that I want to make you the Lord of my life Mm. again. And if that's you this morning, there is nothing that you can do that could separate you from his love. There is nothing that you have been that can cause you not to be who he died for. Come on, just come back. So right now, if that's you, if you'll just lift your hand right now. And we're going to help no you. One walking around, no one's looking around. There's hands going up all over this building. There were hands before Raise I started. Raise your hand. Come on. That were raised right Listen, now. Listen, I want to make a decree here. Listen, I want every eye in this place closed. Don't look around. Today's the moment of your life you make a change forever. God hears faith. This ain't about just the one. Oh, I'm thinking. No, I'll help you every week. I'm here every week. I got more stuff than you ever. We'll, keep, we'll coach you through this. You're not alone. But if you want to go towards God, now's your time. Don't wait another minute. Don't take another second. Just say, I, if something on the inside of you says, you got to get right with God, get your hand in the air right now. Raise it in the air. That's the hand of faith right now. Put it in the air real high. Wave it like you care. And when Pastor Liz prays with you, I promise you this. God's going to meet you right where you're at. He's going to do something in your life only he can do. And you're going to start a journey that I started 30 years ago, whatever it was. And I never, 27 years. And I, I didn't know what I was doing either. But I raised my hand and said, God, I surrender. And my life's never been the same. If you backslid, come home. That's it. Just get your hand in the air and say, I'm coming home. Whatever you got to do, just get right and get ready for a brand new day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.